0: To Myth Tarot Love, a show about ancient stories in witchy wisdom. I'm your host, Biddy Diana. Welcome back, everybody. I hope that you were able to cultivate some boundaries and magic and rest over the past week um, because this practice will help us with the topic for this week, um, which is the king cards in the tarot. But before we get into that, I wanted to remind everyone again about our upcoming 100th episode live stream event that will be taking place on Friday, November the 24th at 7pm on my YouTube channel, Biddy Diana, um, where our dearest Rose will be there with me answering your questions and playing the Myth Tarot Love theme song live. So we are finally at the end of our four court card types or the four face cards from the minor arcana. We have rooted with the pages and moved with the knights and cultivated with the queens. So now we are ready to lead with the kings. (laughs) I was gonna say knights again. We're leading with the kings. And as I mentioned at the beginning of this series, I don't see the court cards as people, um, but instead they are aspects of ourselves that we can, you know, bring forth and use. Um, I also don't think that any are more important than one another. And by that, I mean, I don't see the kings as being, you know, more powerful or more important than say the knights or the pages. It's just a different way of working with that energy of the suit um, that they belong to, as opposed to, you know, sticking to that like hierarchy. So the title of this episode is Leading with the Kings. And that is a shorthand um, that I use with the Kings, but really how I see them is that, you know, the, the minor suit that they are a part of, that is the energy that they are leading with. And what I mean by that is that, you know, we how we present to the world first as sort of our guide almost. So an image or an idea um, that I have that, or where this came from, um, was actually the drag queen um, from RuPaul's Drag Race. So if you've ever seen the show, you might know the season eight winner, Bob the Drag Queen. So when she would come down the runway, uh, she would always be carrying a purse in her hand um, that she would have outstretched, you know, leading her forward. So, and I think she even has a song um, called Purse First or or something (laughs) like that. Um, And that's really how I feel that the energy of the king cards are, right? They're putting that thing first, they're leading with it. Um, Yeah, so we can get into the four of them. So first I want to start with the King of Swords, um, which is about leading with your mental health, your truth, and your higher self in mind. This card leads with integrity and with ingenuity. Um, They know what is best for them and their lives in they lead their lives in a way that centers their mental health first and foremost. So this card asks you to do the same if it comes up in a reading and not to do something just because you think you, you know, quote unquote should. Um, What can it look like, right? To lead with a sword first. Lead with our truth first. You know, what boundaries will you inherently create just by, you know, practicing this? Reversed, it might, you know, sometimes it can be scary to put yourself and your truth out there. Um, Leading an authentic life is possible, but it might require some practice um, and getting used to what that feels like. Next, we have the King of Wands, which is the ultimate trailblazer card, um, who asks us to trust in our vision because it is completely unique says that you have a completely new vision about something that no one else has, either a vision, right, or a way of moving forward. So trust that vision to forge a new path. Um, This can be a way, a new way of living, of creating, of teaching, something like that. You have the ability to think critically and independently and to create these new systems. So be sure to lead with what lights you up. Just be careful not to (laughs) burn everything else around you as you do so, right? which can also kind of lead into the reversed, which is, you know, some fear might come up around what if people don't like it, right? Or think that I'm too much. Um, But just trust yourself and trust your vision and what you are, yeah, blazing forward is absolutely amazing. The King of Pentacles, oh, he is or I should say they are purposed first people. So this card is asking to have your soul work be what guides you. You know, can you do one thing today that relates to your purpose? However, be sure when you are doing this um, to uncouple the idea that your purpose in life is connected to how you make money and live in this, capitalist society as so often the pentacles um, right can be related to the coins um, alternately this card asks you to lead with community care in mind approaching the world through a decolonized and intersectional lens might also be helpful with this So thinking about, right, how can you bring your skills and creativity to your community? And yeah, so much of purpose, and again, like I was saying, with the coins and pentacles has been tied to capitalism. So this card is about walking the walk and putting thoughts and plans into action. And it's leading by example, but also being led by example, right? Because no one person has all of the answers, just like the Hierophant, right? And we shouldn't be expected to. So that's why living um, and fostering community care is so critical. First, are you leading your life from a place of greed and capitalism, right? So if so, can you challenge your notions of how you would like to lead your life and what is, you know, important for you? And then lastly, we have our King of Cups, who tells us, right, to lead with our heart and with our emotions, So everything in this suit has led to this moment, just like with the other suits. But with this one in particular, the cups, right? It's leading with rest and with restoration in mind. So when you plan your day, you know, can we, instead of starting with what needs to get done, can we lead with, you know, or put into our calendar, what will we do to rest? Uh, you know, on that day. Healing and taking care of ourselves should come first. Um, and again, right, not so that we can do more, but because we ha- we, you know we're divine beings and we deserve rest and relaxation and rejuvenation. So leading with that um, is really important to the king here. He is also very much the like a very much a healing person, a healing card. So um, it indicates someone who helps others by helping themselves first, right? And so it's not necessarily wrong to do. It's important to help yourself and to. <laughs> we mentioned this before: filling our cup, not in the sense of so that it can be empty again, but to live in a world where we are a part of the water, and right? And the one that we've created and cultivated with the queen of cups. So the world is your cup. Reversed, are you maybe trying to go through life on a boat with a hole in it? (laughs) A boat you know, it'll still go forward and, you know, you can do your best to steer it while also trying to take the water out of the boat, which is a lot more work at the end of the day, right? So maybe instead of doing that, it asks, can we get out of the boat and just be one with the water? Right? Nature is stronger than all of us. So can we let the river, you know, guide us on our way? And and the river being metaphor for our emotions and for our heart. So those are the kings and that completes our court cards. So I'd love to know what you think and what you have, um, yeah, discovered from this journey, and if it has been helpful for you with understanding the court cards, I know that they can be a tricky one for a lot of people to, um, parse through and to understand when they come up in reading, which is completely understandable, right? Um, but yeah, let me know if there is one type of card that, resonated with you the most and how you use them going forward and so for our myth portion today I want to talk about drag culture ancient drag I guess I should say um I you know as I mentioned at the beginning of this episode Bob the Drag Queen is absolutely what inspired me to see the king suit as you know what are we leading with and so i want to yeah kind of take a dive into ancient theater and dramatic plays because that is where we see um drag in the ancient world but for a deep dive on modern drag history and culture i highly recommend the podcast episodes from American Hysteria. Um, They had a little series recently, I think this past um, September or August, um, a three-parter, the first one called Long Live the Queens, and then a two-part Early Drag Queens one and two. So definitely recommend if you want more information on that. Um, But yeah, today I want to talk about the ancient theater a little bit because all of the actors, um, for Greek and Roman plays were all men. So this includes both the, um, actors on like the stage and the chorus as well. So how Greek play would be formatted, they would have anywhere between one to three main actors um, that would kind of switch between characters in the play and then they would have a chorus oh I can't remember how many people about 10 (laughs) let's say uh, chorus members that would be in the orchestra which was like this round section in front of the stage um, where they would interact with the Um, actors, the performers, but they would also have, um, they would sing, and they would dance in the middle. And again, all of these performers would have been men. So if they were playing a female character, um, whether one of the main actors or the chorus members, because sometimes um, the chorus would be made up of a group of women, they would all be um, wearing clothing and masks because they all were masked um, uh, of women. And so this, yeah, would allow, this part of, you know, why they would wear masks is to switch between characters, but it also allows them to switch between who they were representing um, much easier, right? And so, that um, we see happening all the time. (laughs) But what we also see is a couple of examples of, um, we'll say, drag performances too. I just realized that I haven't really um, described what drag is or when I say it, what I'm referring to, essentially is someone who is um, dressing up in a gender that is they don't identify with um, normally, and so yeah, we do actually have a couple of examples of <laughs> drag within plays. So one of um, I don't know if it's the most famous, but but is definitely you know an interesting case study um, is from the Bacchae, which is a play written by, oh, I believe it's Euripides, um, where Dionysus, um, the god, is with his cousin um, Pentheus, and uh, they're (laughs) having an altercation of sorts, um, not getting along, and Dionysus actually... Convinces his cousin to dress up as a Menad, which is a female follower of Dionysus, um, because all of the women in town will say have gone to the forest and are in this um, ecstatic state. So he convinces his cousin to dress up. So that he can see and interact with the women who have gone into the forest um he does and this actually results in his death his cousin's death um yeah in a very unpleasant way but it is a good play and I would highly recommend um reading it but it's interesting here that yeah we do actually see him um impersonating women in order to kind of see what they're up to. And this actually does happen again um, in a comedy play by Aristophanes. Um, it's a mouthful of a title I'm going to try to say here. Um, the for Isosa? That's horrible, but that's okay. <laughs> um, or <laughs> The Women at the Themyscira, um oh sorry, The Themisphoria Festival. So see, that in itself is a mouthful, but that's okay. Um, In this, uh, we have a character named Euripides in the play who believes that the women of Athens are plotting against him. And so he decides to disguise himself, again, as a woman and infiltrate the Themisphoria festival, um, which is a festival that only women were allowed to attend. Um... And so he does this, um, and you know, it's supposed to be a comedy. Comedy ensues, right? But in both of these, I'm noticing, right, that it's always mm, the themes seem to be about either misleading or trying to be hidden, um, which is interesting because the men that would be playing these parts, like everyone that would be watching it would know what's going on, if that makes sense. I don't know. This is something that I need to think on more and it is not a fully developed, um, idea or theory, but I think something that I do want to look a little bit more into, I do have a book and I should have read it before recording this, I'm realizing now, um, called I think it's called Queering Euripides. Um, Maybe I'll take a look at that and then come back to this idea. But yeah, um, I think that will be it then for today. Next week, I have the pleasure of inter, not introducing, interviewing um, Charlie Claire Burgess on their book called Radical Tarot. Which is um also about, you know, querying the cards, liberating your practice, and creating the future. So if you are interested in taking a look at their book before next week, I just wanted to, yeah, give you all a heads up on that. I just finished reading it and it is so amazing. Um, I really, really enjoyed it. There's a lot of great nuggets in there. Um, and then yeah, then we have our hundredth episode after that. So I look forward to speaking with you all again very soon. As always, you can find me online at Biddy Diana or at Myth Tarot Love on all the places. And I want to end today with my favorite Sappho poem since I have ended with her for the other Quirk Cards. So it only seems fitting to do it here as well. Here we go. He's equal with the gods, that man who sits across from you, face to face, close enough to sip your voice's sweetness, in what excites my mind, your laughter glittering. So when I see you, for a moment, my voice goes, my tongue freezes, fire, delicate fly- fire in the flesh, blind, stunned, the sound of thunder in my ears, shivering with sweat, cold tremors over the skin. I turn the colour of dead grass and am an inch from dying.